They came to a stop at the end of the hallway, and she opened a door, gesturing him into the room beyond. The shades were drawn to block out the afternoon sun, because no sun was needed. The old man was blind. An affliction, the poet knew, he had suffered only recently. But his hearing was good, and the moment the door swung open, he turned in their direction and said, I cannot teach you anything. I can only put you on a course to self-discovery. What you find, and what you do with it, is up to you. He sat in a chair by a blazing fireplace, his blank eyes staring out at nothing. The poet stood there in the doorway, a bit confounded, feeling as if he'd walked into the middle of a conversation and not quite knowing how to respond. Was the old man even speaking to him? He decided his best course of action was simply to introduce himself, but as he began forming the words, the astronomer cut him off. I know who you are. I invited you here, remember? Yes, yes, of course, the poet stuttered, feeling as if he'd just been chastised by his own father. But to be quite frank, I'm not absolutely certain why. The old man softened then, waving a hand at him. Come in, come in, have a seat. You must be weary after such a long journey. This was certainly true. Traveling by horseback was never easy. The poet closed the door behind him, and with the aid of the light from the fire, he found a chair and pulled it close to the old man. It was at that very moment that the regret began to overcome him. As he sat down, an inexplicable sense of darkness descended upon him, as if the devil himself were hovering nearby, watching and waiting with great anticipation. "'I've read your work,' the astronomer said. "'You strike me as a man of sound intellect, with a strong belief in God.' "'I could say the same of you,' the old man shrugged. There are those who claim I've rejected scripture in favor of science, but even after my arrest and the death of my daughter, my faith in God and nature has remained firm. Whatever the course of our lives, we should receive them as the highest gift from his hand. Don't you agree? The poet nodded. Of course, but I also believe the greatest liberty God has given us is the freedom to think and speak in whatever manner our conscience may guide us. As do I, my son. Which is why I find your confinement here nothing short of reprehensible. The old man waved a hand dismissively. Those who keep me prisoner in this cage have small, fearful minds. It would appear so, yes. They huddle together protectively and use their faith as a shield, rejecting anyone who questions the sanctity of their petty narrow-mindedness. He heaved a sigh. But enough of such talk. I didn't ask you here to discuss politics. The poet hesitated. Then why exactly am I here? We'll get to that. But first let me share with you the story of my most recent discovery. As a man of letters, I think you of all people will appreciate it. The poet raised his eyebrows, thinking of night skies and star clusters, and wondering how someone who no longer had eyes could find much of anything out there. What sort of discovery? The astronomer smiled, 
but it seemed forced, as if he were trying to hide some private fear that lay just beneath its surface. That sense of darkness grew deeper, and for a moment the poet wondered if he should flee this place and never return. I've found the pages, the old man said, offering no further explanation. The poet was confused, once again feeling as if he'd stepped into a conversation he hadn't previously been part of. Pages? Despite his blindness, something flickered in the astronomer's eyes, and they seemed to come alive. The seven missing pages from the devil's Bible, he said. The seven missing pages that, if placed into the right hands, will change the universe forever. The poet couldn't leave the villa fast enough. What he had hoped would be the highlight of his travels, an afternoon of fine wine and poetry.